0: welcome to the grappling we Re- bleh, 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 see exactly grappling rewind podcast welcome to this week on the grappling rewind podcast so this week's show we're going to recap the all women's fight to win card fight to win 162 we're going to preview bjj stars 5 the heavyweights and talk a little about some other upcoming events as always in the show i'm your host Maine, just my co-host josh. josh how you doing josh
1: Hanging in there.
0: As per usual, we are remote. Given the circumstances, uh, audio is going to take a little bit of a hit. When we're back to normal, uh, the audio will be a little cleaner. I'm going to do the best that I can with it while being remote. Um, as far as let's kick it off with a little bit of news, Josh, I don't have anything for news this week aside from we finally have some more matchup announcements for the Who's Number One event, headlined by Craig Jones versus Ronaldo?
1: Ronaldo Jr.?
0: I always want to call him Rolando. For some reason, and I've been crucified on it repeatedly by everyone on Grappling Rewind and then everyone on Instagram, who's like, "That is not his name." So I always I'm like gun shy on his name now. Uh, that matchup was announced this week, Josh. What are kind of your thoughts on that match? It's in I think the end of fe- February, so we have about 25 days from the time of this recording to the time that event happens. Um, I thought it was kind of an interesting matchup, sort of. I wasn't really sure what the thought press was, process was for making that particular matchup.
1: I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, Ronaldo is is quick pace and Craig um,
0: is going to sit down.
1: So (laughs) can Ronaldo stay out of the leg locks? That's That's really really
0: kind of what the question is, I think. I mean, after the match with Wagner... I'm, I'm very, very curious, and I kind of don't think he does. I'm, we're going to preview that, again, much closer to the event, but there is absolutely no news this week, so it was kind of the most noteworthy match announced this week. Um, any other thoughts on that one? No. Other matches that actually just got announced uh, today was actually Juni Acasio versus Gio Martinez, two you know really good which Gio's world-class Juni has been on an absolute tear on the fight-to-win stage recently, Um should be a fun match, a good, another, like, really solid test for Juni. Gio is notoriously, I think, super frustrating is the best word to put it, to grapple with. Um, And it'll be, I'll be curious to see how Juni deals with a guy that sort of, like, just won't go away is the best way to put it. Like, he's always going to be there in your guard or on the bottom. He's just, like, very, very difficult to get anything going with.
1: I'll be interested to see how quickly whoever gets to the ground gets to the ground, because they're both primarily bottom players and have no issue with being on the bottom. It's just like, how quick are they, whoever's going to sit?
0: Yeah, I think uh, there's going to be no stand up here. Um, I'm I'm curious to see with the kind of the strange entries that Acasio uses for the leg locks, if potentially he's going to catch Geo. That's kind of where my head is most in this matchup. Again, we haven't seen a ton from Geo recently. We saw him versus Meow in a really not like tepid match, but a match that I didn't take a lot of like technical things away from. Um that he, you know, took a very close decision over Meow there. I I think Juni's definitely gonna bring a different pace of match. So kind of curious in that match I I am interested to see how Martinez deals with Junie's leglock entries.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'll, it again, like we see some weird stuff and you know that the 10th planet people are watching a lot of the Danaher stuff. And we know that, you know, uh, Junie got a lot of that from, uh, Cummings. What, yes. Thank you from Cummings. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes.
0: Yeah, I think um, what's most interesting to me is that, like, Juni typically doesn't use a lot of the same entries that a lot of the DDS guys use. Like, he sort of took primarily or uses mostly sort of Cummings-like entries that is we don't see represented as frequently in the DDS system, which is kind of interesting as well. So even if he's studying a lot of that DDS material, because Cummings and Ocasio sort of have this other stylistic entry— I'm very, very curious.
1: Yeah, it'll be a good match.
0: Yeah, I'll need to watch definitely some footage of both guys before just to see how they both deal with those entries. Um, but yeah, should be fun. Uh, also announced is another rematch between Natalia Jesus and Gabby Garcia. Um, these guys, we, we women have met a couple times before, Josh, right?
1: this will be the trilogy they're one and one against each other. Is
0: that it? I thought it was I thought this was the fourth time, but I could be wrong. Um, I assume this is ghee or sorry nogi. Um I think Garcia took the first ghee. I think DeJesus Jesus took sorry, took the first nogi. I think De Jesus took the ghee match that they had. Uh, what it would have been a year and a half ago, 2 years ago something like that on fight to win? Fight to win like a year ago. Was it only that much? I think it was in 2020. Okay, it would have been early 2020 then. Um, so yeah, very curious to see how that plays out, especially in Nogi, which is typically what Who's Number One showcases. And we have Roberto, oh, sorry, anything on that one, Josh? We've seen that one twice before, it's curious to see the match, especially because they're one-on-one.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see like what happens exactly. Uh, I'm favoring Gabby in Nogi, so who knows?
0: Yep. Um, Next one, we have Roberto Jimenez versus Nicky Ryan. Big jump up in weight for Nicky Ryan. Again, typically, historically, an under-66 competitor. He's moved up to under-77. Now he is fighting Jimenez, who is historically around about 185, high 170s, when he's cutting weight. remember when he came into his last match. Well, that was Dante Leone, and they were going to meet at 85...
1: He came in lighter than Dante. Yeah, which light- was
0: surprising, but we've seen Jimenez typically, you know, about 80, 180, and that is going to be a a pretty big jump up in weight for Nicky Ryan. We've not seen him compete against guys that were any bigger than 170, I think, ever, or at least in, the, in his adult career, um, and now as a black belt.
1: Um, I don't think that matters because legs yeah i do too i mean we, we know nikki we know what nikki's gonna try to do yeah and we know that uh that roberto is going to try to put a pace but we'll see what happens
0: yeah that, that's kind of interesting because we know again nikki ryan is going to do one thing he's going to try to take your leg off and jimenez historically has had some problems here and there with guys leg locking him uh Pedro Marino, uh felipe andrew so um this I know this very, very interesting. I'm curious to see how Roberto's passing game works to try to avoid that because Roberto's gonna come out super hard and aggressive from the beginning. Nicky Ryan through most of his adolescent career had to deal with adult male grapplers doing that to him. So that's gonna be again I'm guessing in his wheelhouse very, very quickly at the beginning. It's like Nicky Ryan's used to bigger adults trying to blow through him because he's he was a child competing against adults for almost 10 years. So, yeah, I am I think he'll weather the storm. I'm very curious to see if Jimenez is going to try to even play legs with him or if he's just going to stay on the outside. So stylistically, that's interesting. Um, I'll definitely watch a lot more of Nicky Ryan's stuff ahead of it, although he hasn't faced anyone that really even has similar body style to Jimenez, so um, th- that's an interesting one, especially with the weight move up. Any kind of thoughts, Josh?
1: If Jimenez can avoid all the leg stuff, I think he's got a clear path to victory. But if he can't, well, we know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, do you think can, you think he can get Ryan's back? He's got a really neat you know, back take ability there. And he's done some really kind of nifty things with the double underhook body lock that he uses to kind of shuck to the back that we don't see a ton of guys using.
1: It'll be interesting to see what he does or how he approaches it. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah, the- I don't know. As we get closer, I'll probably think on it more and watch back more stuff. But right now it's like, again, these are like pick a matches sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially with who's number one, the matchmaking is uh is really interesting, kind of in that respect. Make you go, huh, I kind of wonder how this is going to play out. Um, I'm not bad at making picks, so. I mean, you're like, you're not great at it, but I don't think any of us are particularly great at it because jiu-jitsu matches always kind of get wonky with picks. And then there's also a lot of upsets, not infrequently, too, especially with the top guys in the heap. Like, that's kind of why I like jiu- jiu-jitsu for picking more than MMA because MMA it's like you can, you can have so much data about guys and how they fight and where they're going to go and jujitsu because people will trade back and forth through their career for like, Oh, he's working a new thing. He's trying a new guard. It's Gi. It's no gi, It's this rule set. There's a ton more variance, and you can't just look at a matchup just by the numbers and make as easy as a pick. So it's fun. Unless to you're a meal. What'd you
1: say? Unless you're a meal and then you, strictly use the numbers and you pick correctly.
0: Yeah, usually. Love the meal. He's on next week. He's doing a recap for BJJ Stars, so I'm I'm super happy about that, because it's going to be a by the numbers of, like, why our picks this week are wrong, which I'm super excited for. It's like, you picked him? Like, yeah, meal had a gut feeling. He goes, the numbers say your gut feeling is wrong, so look forward to that next week. Are are you doing the the Discord chat? We might. Well? We might. Okay. Um... Oh, also, so uh, kind of unrelated, but Nikki Ryan, um, I was on Flow this week and I just clicked on Flow 24 7 because occasionally I'll just watch that when I'm doing something. And it was Howell and Shane Jameer Hill Taylor breaking down Shane's matches at the World Championships. Super interesting. I don't know where you can find the footage, but it's somewhere on Flow. And I watched like a couple matches, just Shane just talking about like his thought process, like, oh yeah, I have this grip here. And it was like all in real time. It was super interesting. If you like our show, um, go and find that on flow because it was super interesting to watch Shane, like talk through all of his thought processes in the match on like why he went to something. It was just, it was really for me, mind blowing to watch, especially cause he's the guy my size. Um, and I've grappled with him before. So it was cool to see, you know, what he was doing in the moment. Uh, Josh, you got anything else for the, for the news section? Nope. Yeah. All right, let's kill it. Ah. Uh, Moving on to the recap section, Fight to Win 162, headlined by Rafael Geddes defeating Ana Carolina Vieira to become the 155-pound Nogi champion for Fight to Win on the all-women's, all-ladies event, Fight to Win. Uh, Josh, take it away. Let me turn this other era thing off. (laughs) Well, uh, it
1: was a really interesting match in general. Uh, There was a lot of pushing at first. Gabby's uh, has really good counter-wrestling mm-hmm. like, and she's good at taking advantage of the tiny mistakes that are made to like either reshoot or uh, turn it around and reverse the takedown in her favor um, one of my big gripes about the entire card is that uh, the refs and the ring awareness with the refs. Uh,
0: they they, this is be- funny because I kind of I kind of noted the same thing. There was a lot, there was a ton of matches in the black belts that went off the mat, like, multiple times in the match.
1: Yeah, I mean, I understand. There were times where the ref, there was times in this match where the ref, like, pushed Geddes, and that resulted in the takedown. Like, yeah. getting closer to the end... It resulted in a takedown because the ref pushed her because they were in the edge. They, I mean, I know none of the refs are, were Seth. They were all women. They, they kept it strictly women, including the commentary. Everything was women. So they had female refs. Um, just take a, a lesson from Seth, and as it starts to get by, or just take a lesson from MMA, if you, as the ref, see a certain point in front of you, try to work them back in towards the middle because that plagued a a lot of the matches, especially like the Alan Carr McComb match.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the one I was, but I was going to bring up this point of just like, there was a couple points where things got turned or changed that potentially would not have ended up there had the ref not intervened as the ref did and let the match keep going. It was like, and even in the, um, the grind match and, uh, Aaron Harp, this this happened a couple times as too, so it was, yeah, it was, it happened a lot on the main card for the black belts. Um, look at Josh, honestly, like as much as I hate to give Josh like credit for anything, um, Josh is a really good ref, and so I kind of tend to whenever I have refing questions, I always tend to ask you, Josh, and go like, hey, what should happen? You're like, this is what should happen. This is how it should happen. You've actually refed uh, my matches from tournaments.
1: Yes, and yeah. I've, I've repped plenty of our teammates, and like everybody's like, Well, what are your teammates, you're going to score it for them. I'm like, No, I'm going to make them do the entire entire thing and settle it properly and probably count longer to make sure that they yeah. settle the position.
0: Yeah, you did me no favors. Uh, no. But yeah, so it's what it's, 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 I appreciate that you picked up on that too because I, I think that you are a very good ref. And again, we've watched a couple of hundred fight to win events. Whenever you watch Seth do it, he does it. He does it a certain way and keeps stuff on the mat, so I, I would have I liked a little more of that on the main card here because there was a, a, a bunch of matches, actually, that had more weirdness due to f- funny restarts, funny stoppages, and a lot of going off the mat. Luckily, no one was injured, but it was very, very prevalent for this entire card.
1: I mean, I, I've even said, like, they should have ropes, and Seth was like, this isn't fucking wrestling. And I was like, "Well, fair point." Fair point, and, um, but I think something to stop them from like, like I get it. Like going into the crowd, it's kind of cool and awesome at the same time. But it also uh, it sucks when it completely throws off the match or you mess stuff up. But we're going way off subject. Um, it wasn't there wasn't anything like super crazy. With this match, they of course, you know, dueling toe holds and stuff like that near the end. Yeah. I would have given it to Geddes. Uh, She is just, she's a monster. Like, she's
0: amazing. Just the way way that, like, the pace that she pushed for the OXC, both of them pushed a great pace, but I thought it was the way that Rafael was initiating the positional work and fight to win. Um, values initiation of the position kind of much like ADCC does where it's the person initiating the exchange initiating the offense and that coupled with her wrestling and at one point she goes for like an uchimata that she like doesn't like about halfway through she drops down for like a knee bar from it and then changes that into a toe hold like there was a couple times in the match that transitioned like that where I was like okay Anna Carolina is very much in this match but it was close. I would push it towards Gettys, and you know, for the reasons that you've said, but also just those those little pieces in the way that she was initiating, um, and and kind of on a on a macro standpoint, I was really happy to see this from Gettys because this is what I wanted to see going into this match: is how well Gettys can change her game plan. Because we saw uh, in the Gettys match versus Elizabeth Clay, where she beat Elizabeth Clay, how she was very very. Efficient and measured in the way that she handled Clay's entries into the leg locks. Here, it was cool to go. Cool, I'm not as worried about Anna Carolina on my legs, so I will engage and play with her in the leg locks and initiate my own leg lock offense here when I feel it is appropriate and necessary. So it was again cool to see the contrast. From one match a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month or so ago, to this match where, oh, cool, you can do both. You're willing to do both against very high-level competition, change your game plan, and still have it work out for you. So, yeah, again, super impressed with Gettys here. Anna Carolina is... Notoriously super dangerous on the feet and super aggressive throughout the entirety of her match. So, to have Gettys be able to maintain composure in the match, implement her game plan, and throw up consistent offense and be on the offensive, you know, very, very happy with Gettys' performance here. Very impressive. Super excited to see who she faces now at 155. Um, you know, you just took out Anna Carolina, like, definitely top dog. Anyone, uh, sorry, do you have anything else on the match you want to talk about? Or anyone you want to see her face or see Anna Carolina face?
1: I don't even know, like, who's competing and who's not competing right now. That's a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can see him against a whole bunch of people. But, you know, I'll just wait till the next match. I'd love to see Getty's back in the gi more, personally. Yep. But... I, I love watching both of them compete. Uh, Geddes is, for being somebody that got promoted, what, six months ago, eight months ago?
0: Something like that. Within the, within the last year, in 2020 right at some point. Pants. Right before Pants. Um, gee Pants, right? Yes. Was it that? Yeah, that was the first black belt event with Gee Pants. So that was, yeah, six or eight months ago. Yeah. So love to see just more of her. But other than that, let's just keep on going. All right. So, Josh, uh, I think my... My notes are in a different order than your notes. What is the next match that you have?
1: Uh, Chubby Aloquin defeating Natalie Hibero.
0: Yep. The for, incision- the, for the 135 pound
1: uh, Nogi title. Nogi
0: title. Um, I don't have a ton of notes on this match, actually. Really, it's just um, Ribero does a really nice job with a knee cut portion to the match and like keeps open and kind of is really offensive for the most time. I would have actually given this match to Hibero. Uh, Same. I was about to say, I don't agree with the decision yeah. at all. Um, Tubby's hometown, though, so it's really hard to lose in your hometown in a title fight.
1: Well, I mean, it's hard, but if you can watch and, like, I've watched it, and then I watched it again, and then i you know, just zipped through it earlier today, and just, like, skipping through some time at no point was it like, oh, Tubby's in the driver's seat. Like, yeah. She was keeping up with her, but she was not, like, ahead by any means. Well, um, that's sort of where, and this so is back where... back and forth where they were giving up positions at certain points to try to go for submissions because, hey, those rack up more points than anything else. So that I can understand, but... I don't agree with this decision at all.
0: Yeah. Really, for me, this was more of Habero on the offensive passing, uh, really keeping Tubby's guard open for the majority of time, and Tubby being forced to throw the top leg over the shoulder to prevent the pass, and there was a lot from Tubby here of her preventing Habero's pass, but not really throwing up a ton of offense from the bottom, and that, that was kind of what was most notable to me in this match, is that, yeah, Tubby was key, definitely like you said, keeping up in the fight constantly, but Habera was actively looking to advance position and pass and throw and Aliquin for the majority of the match was just was stopping that and looking to begin her own offense but I didn't really see at any point in the match that she really like took away with the offense and even um Habera has a really nice kind of jumping over Tubby has the really far like she has a very very open guard I'm not sure what the word is for it essentially where it's like your legs are fully spread Open and you you're making it really difficult to actually elect what pass you want to do because you can't reach both feet and the old um, yeah and the eagle. Uh, the eagle eagle guard that's kind of what I... yeah that's, there's a couple names for it but eagle guard is good enough and Hobero basically jumps on one leg for a knee bar and for me that was one of the biggest sort of pieces but Tubby takes it um, definitely in the fight but I I would have personally scored this for Habero just on. Just sort of, again, initiation of position and activity and actually looking to do as opposed to looking to defend. So I'd love to see him run
1: it back again, no Gi, and then I'd like to see them go against each other in the Gi.
0: Yeah, I would too. Again, a very, very good match, very close match, um, just who was in the driver's seat. Uh, next match I got, Josh, is Talita Alencar defeating Gabby McComb via split decision, retains the 125-pound title, fight of the night for the women, for the black belt. I got a gang of notes here, Josh. Why don't you start? He's
1: got a gang, a gang gang. Um, very high-paced, lot of pushing, a lot of falling into the crowd, a su- lot of commentary, super. literally blowing out the microphones. From screaming like I know you can get excited but you don't need to yell into the microphone like that Um, that was preposterous I literally turned this on mute Uh, I did that a few times over the course of the night um, for multiple reasons but uh, it was a good match it was very high paced again with the refereeing letting them get into the crowd it uh it messed stuff up. You had Toledo gaming the system a little bit.
0: A lot. Like, I think I would say a lot of bit. Like, Alan Carr, again, prop, this is, again, this starting is. On that D bar to the whole thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, this is why I love Alan Carr and Wagner because, uh, because they will fight until the, they will fight the way that they want to fight until the ref goes, hey, stop doing that. And that's the ref's job to do that. And I, like, it is fighting those two people has to be the most frustrating thing of all time because they're doing a bunch of stuff that you're not supposed to do but the ref is supposed to step in and stop it and they're gonna keep doing it until the ref goes, hey you can't do that and Alan Carr beautifully like using the edge of the mat using the end she escapes a couple different uh, takedown attempts by using the edge of the mat using the outside space like like from a gamesmanship perspective and from a just a tactics perspective. Super impressed with Alan Carr's performance. Super frustrating to watch, but from uh, from what the athlete did, amazing. Oh, as always, amazingly impressed with Alan Carr's ability to just work in that gray area so effectively. Um, because I mean, at the beginning of the match, Macomb five seconds in snaps down to a super aggressive guillotine, and I was like, oh, I figured that this would be Alan Carr immediately on the offensive, and she tends to slow. And it is immediately both of them at full speed. And, um. That was off of a shot. Was it off a shot? It was off like a, a kind of a weak shot.
1: Like she just kind of came in and tried to bowl her over and she got her neck grabbed up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really. I was really impressed with McComb there with like the ability to sort of keep it and really punish Alan Carr in that position for the, um for sort of like the over-aggressiveness at the beginning of the match. And then McComb immediately like met pace. And it's, it is uncommon to see two grapplers immediately ramp at a hundred and throw and counter that quickly. It's just, it's not a common thing we see again, why it's fight of the night, I think is for many of these reasons, because the pace that they pushed was pretty crazy, honestly. Um, And that was
1: also, that was great because that showed that Talita is working on her cardio. Yeah. Because uh, she's notorious for dying in the second half of matches. And she just kept pace the entire time. She got pushed off at one point and looked like she was about to crowd surf, and the crowd pushed her back up. And yes, exactly. Um, for those of you not watching on YouTube, Maine just fell back, uh, arms splayed. Uh, and she was just eating it all up putting on a show smiling Um, at
0: points of the match McComb had it in like a like a pretty not I wouldn't say a deep toehold but the starts of a very good toehold and Alan Carr is just smiling at the camera like playing it up like doing the thing that Wagner does a lot which is just like I'm gonna smile while you try to do whatever you want to me and then I'm gonna play spoiler and get out and it was just again astonishingly frustrating to compete against but man it was fun to watch
1: Yes, it was indeed. What a great match. Again, hopefully that's another one that they can run back.
0: I I was really impressed here with, again, with with a couple, two things from Alan Carton specifically. One, that she was able to maintain the pace for the entire time. Like Macomb, we know, keeps a very good pace, and we've seen that from Macomb in the past, but to again, it being such a staple of what we've seen from Alan Carr in the past of having an issue with that, for her to not have an issue with that that match, that was astonishing. I think that there's if she is able to keep this level of cardio and this level of activity, I think that she is an outstanding force in this division for a long time to come because that's only ever really where you could point to her weak spot is that, yeah, later in the match she tends to fade. If that's no longer an issue in her game, that's terrifying and then alan has a really neat guard pull that i think i saw like at least three times in this match is she will jump guard and she will jump a very straight guard and she will put her shoulders very low to the mat and immediately go for the double ankle sweep macomb was hip to it didn't get hit with it once here but it we don't see her ever throw that late in the match she was throwing that until the end of the match and she's throwing it well Previously in matches, we've seen her throw that. Again, it's it's a guard pull that she uses very frequently. She throws that, and she'll throw it low. She won't get connection on the hips. She'll kind of, like, she'll throw it in order to get the match to the ground, but won't actively be looking for something off of it. Through the entire match, even to the end, she was throwing that, like, her preferred guard jump, and then actively looking to explode off of it after she had thrown it. So, big improvements from Alan Carr, honestly, just from from that side. I was very, very impressed, um with her here great match um, I, I honestly still in my notes would have given this to Gabby I just thought she put up more with the toe holds and with the neck cranks um, There's a couple times that she was on Alan Carr's neck there was a couple of times where I thought she had better foot positioning um, I thought they were both in the offensive I'm not upset in any way that this was Alan Carr um, I just would have pushed this to Gabby based on the more submission attempts in the fight to enroll set but very very good match fight of the night Correct. Any other pieces to add, Josh?
1: No. It was a great match. Like, I'll probably go back and watch it again for like a fourth, fourth fifth time.
0: Yeah. It was it was a ton of fun. Um Yeah, I honestly the same thing. I'm probably the same but I want I want to watch it again cuz again, it's, it's such a big change from Alan Carr. Um I want to make sure that I'm not missing anything else from the technical side because I was just so impressed about her ability to keep pace. That kind of
1: thing. What the weird is actually is they were fighting at 125 both of them looked way bigger. Not in like, ooh, ugh, you know, you're overweight. No, they just looked bigger
0: yeah. than 125 pounds. I mean, I is Alan Carr, did she previously compete at Light Feather, which is 118 in the gi for women? Uh, because I swear to God, I remember one weight class. That's what it is, apparently.
1: I don't, I, don't, I think that was her class she cuts to it though. Okay. I think for maybe she was just making bad cuts beforehand. I don't know. Yeah. But they both look bigger than 125. Uh, they You know, they definitely look like they could have won against Aliquin and Hibero and been roughly the same size. Yeah. They, and yeah. That like a ten pound jump in weight classes. So I don't know, but they both look great, and yeah, that's about it.
0: Yeah, super good match. Watch it. Watch it. I will watch it again. Um, deservedly. Again, the, just the pacing. This was one of the few matches in, like, grappling that literally flew by. It was like, oh, this is over already. Wow, and for a title match, 10-minute title match, that is a rarity in grappling. So, good, very, very good match. Uh, next match I got, Josh, is I have Luana El Zugir versus Hanet Stack.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Maine is not the main guy. The main guy. And he nailed
0: Luana's name. Nailed it. Commentary, not so much. Not so much. Um, Josh, where do you want to start with this one?
1: Um, well, I was a Gear won via decision. She won the title, which was left out of Maine's little thing, but that's fine. Um, if you went strictly IBJJF standards, Luana got blown out of the water. Positionally. But... Luana was going after those guillotines. She was going high elbow, which is like a big thing with most Alliance people.
0: Um, What's up, Marcelo? Get at me. Yes. Uh, It's a terrible thing to get caught in. It's terrible. I love it. It's like my favorite fucking move, Josh. I love it. So this match starts. Luana immediately with the guillotine. I was like, that looks kind of tight, but she's probably survivable. Luana holds it for a good amount of time. And then she goes, all right, she's going to get out. Immediately goes Kimura and is in the half guard from the bottom with the Kimura. And that is half the match, Josh, almost?
1: Just about. But, I mean, Stack did what Stack does. If you've been around the scene for a while and you've watched her compete, she is a unstoppable pressure. She just keeps going and she moves and she just tries to get forward she's very like the jujitsu motto position before submission um and i think that's what hampered her from winning because if she would have just started attacking off of a lot of the positions mm-hmm. not really caring about the positional dominance i think she would have won because with auzugir she had like the definite the two guillotines yeah. and they were pretty snug but not like not going to be finished. And the half guard Kimura, that's like a meathead move. Uh Zach can tell you it's a meathead move. I think also
0: the position that she had, the Kimura, and it's its an active, you have to defend it, but she was low on her shoulders. She wasn't postured up in a position where you can start cranking. Like there's a GIF right now on Reddit of uh the AJ versus Wagner match in Wagner, West Coast Trials. AD, yes. And uh, where, where you see Wagner has that and he's turning, he has the angle with his hips and his shoulders to turn it. Um, Luana wasn't in the position to do that. Again, it's an active submission that Stack has to defend, but it's not finishable. The same thing with the second arm and guillotine in the match. You see Luana with it on sna- on Stack, but the angle's not cut over, she's not posturing down, the hip's not coming up to force Stack's hips lower and head into the pocket. It, there are submission attempts, but they are submission <coughs> attempts that most likely aren't going to be finished, versus Stack's game that I think... Stack had a beautiful back take here off of um, after escaping from the Komora. And I was, again, I was like, okay, so Luana's going to take this. And then all of a sudden, Stack continues with that forward pressure and has this beautiful back take, but Luana is grabbing at the feet. And I love it. She stopped the first hook from being established by grabbing at the feet and then pushing Stack up off the back so that Stack was having to work her positional game to get the chest to the back of Luana's shoulders in order to throw both hooks in. And she was just really never able to do it. There was a really nifty battle that happened right there.
1: Yes, absolutely. And again, I was like, ooh, Stack's going to get the back and that's going to be hard uh, for Al Zagir to get out, but Auzugir immediately was, like, fighting it. And it's, it's not like it's a surprise. They're both former Gi world champions. Like, they know their shit. They're both really good black belts. Um, it was a great match. Uh, Stack is definitely bigger than Auzugir.
0: <laughs> definitely. She's more muscular. And you, it, I think it's partial, like, she's definitely bigger. She's more muscular. And her game couples with that. Very, very well. She is a Ford pressure-heavy, down hold you kind of grappler.
1: She was apparently, and I, I just heard this on a, just heard it, that she was trying to, maybe it was on the commentary, maybe it was one of the times that I had the commentary unmuted, that she was looking into going into MMA. So for MMA reasons, if you're doing that and you get to punch people in between, brutal.
0: Brutal. I hate to see people go to MMA, but I would I would watch the shit out well, of S- and that stack in MMA. Stack hasn't been
1: as active in like the jitsu scene as like a competitor, so I wouldn't mind seeing the transition and her just making extra money and beating the bejesus out of whoever. I mean, the thing is like either de- there's not really a fifty five weight class. M- there is but it's well not- it's very
0: very 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 shallow uh because even, even kayla harrison who was the biggest name at 55 is now she knows she can make the 45 cut because she, she, she cut for her invicta fight so now we we have even um kayla harrison is at 45 now so 45 I but think i think that would probably go 45. 35 she'd probably go Bantam weight if she were yeah. to go to mma but that's
1: the other thing, too. It's like you are going to run into uh, – what's her name? The
0: lioness. Amanda Nunez? That one, yes. At either weight class, bro, 45 yeah. or 35. I'm honestly – I really hope they don't strip her of 35 because they're talking about that right now, and I would be super disappointed if they stripped her of 45 and 35. Um, Isn't
1: she fighting her th- for her 35-pound title, like, coming up soon? She- Why you strip somebody that's fighting
0: for – because you're holding up the division? Like – who are you holding it up from? Everyone you've already beaten once. Like, Give me yeah, a second. Don't get me wrong, but like the high, the two higher weight classes in female MMA are like now she's doing forty five. She's fighting Megan Anderson. Yeah, that's what I thought.
1: I don't know. There's like, don't get me wrong. There's tons of talent in those two weight divisions, but it's not like it's not one hundred and five, one hundred and fifteen, and one hundred
0: and twenty five. I think honestly, straw weight and atom weight. I wish the UFC had an atom weight division. We're going oh very far off sector here. Yep. Uh, Deep Jewels is actually running an Atomweight tournament uh, yep. in a couple of weeks. The bracket just got announced for it today, and I'm imped for it. It should be really, really fun. The seating just got announced, and the bracket just came out today for that. So it should be fun. It's, a, it's an atom weight GP, which I'm a Ooh. big fan of. Um,
1: Let's, let's go on. Let's cover this next match. So, and then- great
0: match. Tons of great transitions. Yes. Watch. Um, even in the later parts of the match, um, there's some really great transitions from Guillotine to Darce to Anaconda and back to Armored Guillotine from Luana. Um, great work off the front headlock. Very, very impressive. Like, I really enjoyed this match as a goon that hunts the neck. Um, I really enjoyed this match. Technically, this was a great display of two separate styles in the fight to win rule set. One that you would see much more prevalent in MMA and in IBJJF. And then Luana going, "Bruh, I'm going to go for everything, which is which is what I like to see. So very, very fun match. I'm just a
1: big fan of that half guard Kimura. Um, I, I use it on Zach to keep his big ass away from me. He's big. Uh, when he didn't know that I did that, I would flip him over me with it, and then he got savvy and was like, I'm just going to break your shit. And then I started like doing it differently and just trying to rip his arm off. So it keeps him away from me, so his giant gorilla-ness doesn't lay on top of me.
0: You haven't seen him. He's giant now. He's like 250. No. Yeah, bruh. He's big. He's He's been eaten? Uh, Both. A little quarantine weight. I'll say it to his face. And uh, he he told me... Last time I trained with him, he was
1: he was getting up there a little bit, but he he said he was working back down. Maybe he he stopped and started eating again.
0: Yeah, yeah, saw him. I saw him Thursday. That's, that that's all main Zach. So you beat him up, snap him like a twig. He will. So next match, moving on, it's going off the rails here. <laughs> I, I always forget on Josh shows, I gotta be the one that brings it back in, or else we'll never finish this show. Next match, Aaron Harp defeats Maggie Grindotti via decision. Decision. Uh,
1: took fight of the night. I don't give a fuck. I
0: don't know. I, I, the Alan Carr match and the other match would be good. Like, this match was Harp, Aaron...
1: Harp put the pace is on. Grindati could not get anything going. I wouldn't say, like, that she got a mud hole stomped in her. Not like that. But she just was like... She was stuck in first gear the entire time. And Harp was like, nah. Uh, I know we don't make cars that go into 7, 8, and ninth gear, but uh, that's where we're going we got this turbocharger on this bitch and we're hitting the nitrous.
0: Dude, there was a couple times in the beginning of the match. It was blast double, get up, blast double again. And even once on a, on a kind of a strange restart, Grindotti starts with the body lock and they say go and Grandotti's about to do the lift and Aaron drops for like the old school Gracie knee bar between the legs, goes off to the side to go for like, um, I think a toe hold off of that from the knee bar. It was just, Aaron was on the entire length of the match, and Grindotti never—because Grindotti is a fighter that, when she gets you, she likes to build. She likes to kind of slowly take ground, take ground, and then as the match goes, she increases. And then she kind of has this overwhelming pace on you at the end of the match, but she is not one that usually will ever come out super, super fast at the beginning.
1: Well, that was the damn mistake. I mean, like, there wasn't—watch the match. I mean, it goes to decision, yes, but Aaron really just turns it on. It makes it look like, you know, the competitive purple belt in your gym versus, like, the 55-year-old purple belt in your gym. Like, the guys, you know, it's just a—, a, a just just a regular jujitsu guy, just hanging out, not any aspirations to be a world beater or, or world champion or anything like that. And then you've got, like, I'm I'm going to use it. I'm pretty sure not a lot of people do it. But he seems, like, all coped up with all the energy he's got going on and just blast through this 55-year-old guy. And you're like, I want to watch the rest of this happen, but I also want to save that man's life. That's kind of what was going on. You were like, can, can we pull Maggie out of the match, like... I, she might be lost.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, she just she really not, ne- never got a chance to get anything going, which I think was the biggest no. thing. And Aaron that's just like standard. kept her like, in a place that that she was unable to sort of dig herself out and like even get to like back to where some a place that she was comfortable positionally you know yeah, I mean, on, on the feet Aaron was in, the, in her chest and then on the ground Aaron was on to something or to the legs or she would take a position and Maggie would start to get something going Aaron would go nope and then she over into the legs and Maggie would be trying to pull out Maggie threw up some like some leg lock attempts but they were really counter attempts off of what Aaron was throwing up to try to disincentivize Aaron on the legs
1: and I, like she was throwing stuff but it wasn't anything that looked even threatening the only thing that got close was that like attacking the legs near the very end of the match where Aaron was just like, but she wasn't even fighting with her hands. She was fighting with her feet and was like, man, I'm going to get out of this. And, but it was, it was a fantastic match. I think we either, there was a misspelling when we were looking at it last week, or we just thought the P was an L and thought it was Aaron Hurley.
0: Um, no, it was it, No, it was listed as Aaron Hurley last week. Okay. Yeah. It was, li- it was listed incorrectly last week.
1: What a, what a fantastic match. Definitely go back and watch it. Um, I'm pretty sure after that match that Grindati is going to repeatedly watch that and then just, like, not, like, change her style, but maybe put herself in those bad positions to start with on a constant to where she won't be. And I said it while you were talking, too. She was on her back foot the entire time and could not, like, move forward. And yeah, fantastic match. What a it, great match!
0: Yeah. Um, next match we got is uh, Pamela Boveda defeating Yanni Race via decision. Um, don't have a ton of notes on that. Uh, Fiona Margaret Watson defeating Marina Vera via decision. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I like Fiona. I like Fiona Watson's game because she plays a much more. She she is a long legged woman. That does not rely on... No, no, it's super relevant. That doesn't rely on absurd flexibility to retain her guard. She tends to play a much more old-school-style straight guard. And she uses getting off of her shoulders to get her hips up. And she's super dangerous from the closed guard. And you saw that a bunch in this match. In the way that she would, like like, not even sneakily climb her legs up. She would just change the position, and as the position was changing, she would maneuver her hips up to where they needed to start taking the arm from Vera. I was just... Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, if there, if, there isn't much more to add on to that. Um, I just thought it was funny that you were like, oh, tall people, tallin'. And it's like, well, yeah. What? But you were using it as more of like, she's not... Being insanely flexible with long limbs Mm -hmm. to stop it from happening, which I get. I don't have long limbs. Uh, I am moderately flexible. So when I do what I do, it's easier to retain my guard or get my guard back. But I don't
0: know being long. Well, you see, like... in contrast to someone like Amanda Sullivan. Like Amanda Sullivan, again, very long leg, but will will bend her legs behind her head in guard retention-like ability. Uh, Fiona plays a much more, like, old-school and kind of almost like, I'm not going to say a men's game, but, like, someone that th- is she does not rely on her flexibility to throw up the t- attacks that she wants from the guard. Also, a lot of play from just the closed guard. You know, we didn't see a ton of, you know, playing from range. She was a lot of, like, very... Basic, but very well-timed hand traps and shoulder traps. Very small drags, pushing on the collar. Like, all of these little adjustments to play just a very, very tight closed guard game. And it was it was beautiful to watch. Just like, it's... You see a lot of people that throw up the armbar that she throws up from closed guard. Do it with, like, by yanking the person down. And, like, they they do it with not a lot of, um, like, this finesse and misdirection and the way that fiona was doing this it would just she would just beautifully slide her hips up into place and she would be on the arm she would be super deep arm like pelvis in the armpit and vr would have to like okay look out and and really do very measured defense before she would lawnmower or pull out and get away and then fiona would retain the guard keep the control of the wrist and it was just stepping between a number of different things from straight closed guard um, but she was active. She wasn't just stalling in the closed guard. And it was just a really, really great, like, technical display of utilizing the straight closed guard that we just don't see as often. You know, people very frequently will stall from that position and will throw up one or two things. But she was constantly throwing up the, throwing up the positions and the attacks while still maintaining, like, good principles and fundamentals and doing it, like, sneakily. It was, it was a very, very nice match to watch. Anything else, Josh? I think you summed it up pretty well. Yeah, I talked a lot. Uh, (laughs) Josh, you want to move through the names? Want me to do it?
1: Uh, I'll run through it. Uh, Elizabeth Mitrafic defeated Tara White via decision. Um, It wasn't until this match that I realized Tara White, I remember watching that Nogi match versus Brittany Elkin, and I was like, oh, yeah. Uh,
0: So um, This was was, really a who's who of all of the women we've ever caught on Fight to Win. This was a banger card. they were yeah. like,
1: find all of
0: the women. Dude, it was and a great... I mean, the, they don't, the only people that really weren't on this card were Gundrum Bastos, Garcia De Jesus. Actually, there were a bunch of women that weren't on the card. But, like, it was a dope-ass card, and... I'm
1: interested to see who they put on
0: the next one. I, dude, I'm so excited for it. Like, this... The match... Master, the master this, this card
1: was, like, great
0: matchmaking. Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, props to Seth and all the people that liked to win for that. Like, this was just... This was a banger. Like yeah.
0: one of the I criticisms that I saw. Sorry, continue, Josh. Go on. Go on. Was can, that? Oh yeah, they all went to decision. It's like yeah, but good grappling matchups, like good matchups with high level grapplers, go to decision. Like that was
1: literally that was my point. Yeah. Like there was no submissions on the black belt card at all, but very few of them were, uh, you know, un- uninteresting. You didn't open up a new tab while the noise was playing in the background. You weren't playing on your phone, you know, playing Candy Crush or whatever. And, uh, you know, not paying attention to it. It was a good card, yeah. and I very much look forward to the one at the end of this month. Moving on. Wait, they you do this once a month now? If I could hit you with my microphone, I would hit you with it. Yeah, they're doing another one at the end of this month. Oh, hell yeah, Josh. The more you know. They're doing like Mixed card, mixed card, mixed card, all female.
0: Fuck yeah. That's awesome. I think, I think that's going to be their thing going. I'm on. so excited for that. That'll be f- that'll be awesome. Like, we we've talked about internally about like the ability to showcase more women's matches. Hell yeah. You know, I'm I i do not even know how many people
1: are on this card right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are ten black belt matches alone. That's twenty women right there. There
0: is I think it was yeah. a 30-something fight card. Yeah, it was a big card. You did a
1: full fight card with all women. Awesome. Anyway. <laughs> Anna Nascimento defeated Liz Excel uh, via decision, and Sofia Amarante
0: defeated Jessica Rodriguez via decision. On to the brown belt results.
1: Stephanie Kopax
0: defeated Brittany Elkin via decision. Becomes the 130-pound Nogi champion. That was fight of the night for the brown belts.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I left that open. That was, this was a good match as well. It was hard-paced. There was blood. There was pushing. There was submission attempts. Fantastic job. Um, it's cool to see Brittany back with the, the crew much more,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, or more now, uh, since she had like stepped back from doing things. Uh, it's cool to see her back. Uh, Stephanie was putting on the paces, too. She was like, I ain't slowing down. So awesome match. Uh Miranda Galban defeated Samantha Courier via submission. On bar. Uh I'm on bar. sorry, I'm reading it all the way through and I can just I should just say it out loud. Wait, did Joy Pendel beat Jasmine? I thought Jasmine won.
0: Yeah, so these results so disclosure, the results that we have are kind of screwy apparently. Um, and there's been an issue, but these are the clearest ones we have, and I haven't gone through and actually switched some stuff, so we're okay, William, but there's some stuff that's not... Okay, so Jasmine clear. Hosha defeated. Well, Jasmine fought twice on the card. Jasmine did won via first? heel hook, and then I think she also fought... Again, they're kind of screwy. Josh, one of this week... Okay, we whatever. S- okay.
1: <laughs> Going on. Uh, she competed twice, Jasmine Hosha did uh, Anna Harivian defeats Amber Agui via standing guillotine, and that was submission of the night for the brown belts. Uh, Mo Black defeated Vanessa Arango via decision. I always think Mo Black is a black belt.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at every time and I go. Eventually, I'm hoping next couple of years we're gonna have stop having this issue.
1: Uh, Madeline Cahan defeated
0: Sharon MD via decision, and onto the purple belt results.
1: Christina Zinko defeated Jackie Reyes via decision. Jessica Burrell defeated Dana Steen, or Stein, via decision. Uh, Floraine Rosario defeated Nicole Sinan via decision. Uh, Brianne Robertson defeated Mara Borella via heel hook. Catherine Millaris defeated LaCatherine Translow via heel hook. And
0: that was Friday the night for the Purple Belts. Jasmine
1: Hosha defeated Sheree uh, Kearns via heel hook,
0: and that was Smitsland for the purple belts. Man, that is hard to jump in with the delay on Skype here. Like, yeah. you know, like, I, and Josh is gonna finish, and then I say my thing, and then we go back. <laughs> I can't wait <laughs> till yeah. everything's like good again. We can, I can, I can, I can bitch you in person. Are you close person. to
1: getting your? Are, are you one like tier one, bro? I'm on tier like three. Ew.
0: Yeah, son, I'm, it's not I'm, so great. I'm technically tier one C, bro. I'm tier like I'm tier like yo. You get it when you get it, and I'm like ugh, that's a good tier. Rachel's tier one because she's healthcare and like and teaching. So I'm like I'm like woo. You're gonna get that, and then I s- still can't because I'm like a regular, normal, healthy person with no pre-existing conditions aside from my dumbass broken back, which doesn't yeah. qualify me. I looked. Claire is a in the tier that's
1: currently allowed, as well for like teachers and caregivers. Nice. Uh, on. Ste- Stephanie Lee defeated uh, Bridget Johnson via armbar. Anna Mayor Dormo defeated Nicole Matthew via heel hook. Abigail Tetterton defeated Yasmin Granados via choke, and Caitlin Rittenhouse defeated Giovanna Southgate via footlock. On the blue belt and team results,
0: come on, Josh. Move on.
1: I know. There's... Don't rush me. I will take my time. Uh, Helena Cravar defeated Kat uh, Marset via Rear Naked Choke. She retains the teen 140-pound Nogi title. Autumn Wolf defeated McKenna Alexander via Armbar. Chea Block defeated Wendy uh, Sarmento via Decision. Malie Sessa defeated Jennifer Prisado. Yeah, killed it. Uh, Via Decision. Christina... Dion defeated Melissa Ayler's via decision. Taylor Clark defeated Monica Duarte via choke. Kayla Brown defeated Janesa Moradin via decision. Lucy Campos defeated Rebecca Pagan via decision. Edlin Serrano defeated Maria Garcia Aguirre. Man, I stumbled on that one. Via decision. Sophia uh,
0: Megana. Manana, uh, Manana. <laughs> defeated Kimberly Bro- Bodner via armbar. No submission of the night for the kids and teens and blue belts. Sierra Fon defeated Kai Buckner via choke. Jackie Diaz
1: defeated Carol Lopez via decision. Emily Martins defeated Angela Perez via decision. Ashley Cauldron defeated Silvana McDaniel via decision. Laurianne Ann Pesar- Pesarini killed it. Defeated Larissa Salvador via decision. Gabby Buenez- Valenzuela <laughs> defeated Ariana Ruiz via rear naked choke. Sophia Lopez defeated Lily Crack via decision. And that was Friday of the Night for the
0: Blue Belts and Teens.
1: Baby Shark Sarah Galval defeated Molly Rogers. That via was, decision.
0: Galvao looked fucking good. Watch she this. looked great, but so
1: did Molly. That was the oh, thing. Yeah. Like, Molly went for a flying triangle. Um, it helps that your parents are both like black belt world champions and are training you all the time and making you lift weights.
0: Looked very, very good in this match. Uh,
1: Jackie Diaz defeated Kristen Oaks via armbar. And Lily Reigns defeated McKenna Alexander via armbar.
0: And that does it for Fight to Win 162, the all-women's event. Looking forward to the next one. Josh, let's move right into the preview for BJJ Stars 5, the heavyweight GP. You want to start with the super fights? You want to start with the heavyweight GP? Right now, we do not have a bracket for the heavyweight GP, so we are going to pull it, as per usual, out of our ass. We don't really like to preview brackets. I mean, Preview bracket events without brackets, but I think this one deserves some discussion. Um, What do you want to start with, Josh?
1: Uh, Let's go into the super fight since we have, like, since we know what's going on with this.
0: Yep. Uh, Starting off with Leandro Lowe versus Gustavo Batista. How do you see it going, Josh? Well, former teammates.
1: Uh, I think last time they met, Batista won, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that is correct. It is in the Gi. Uh, Batista's the younger man. He's got more, more push, more steam going behind him. I'm going to give this one to Batista. Uh, I think he takes a decision, uh, but I think it'll be a really good
0: match. So this is why I see Leandro low burns me so often because I pick against low. Like I, low a weird one for me because like just by the, what I love low. Yeah. But he's been
1: kind of falling off, and every time I've been like, oh, he's got it, he's got it, he's got it, it, it bites me in the ass. So I, I would love to be bitten in the ass if he actually wins. Uh, actually, Facebook memories just popped up today uh, when Unity opened, and there's a picture of me and Leandro Lowe, and Leandro Lowe looks tiny next to me, which is when he was still at Lightweight,
0: I believe. Well, he was uh, cutting a ton of weight. He was cutting a t- It was what, 2013? He was cutting a ton to make lightweight.
1: That dude was strong as shit. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, I'm just going to go with Batista. I think he's just more like comfortable in the weight class. And it's just been one more of like a role with jujitsu.
0: Yeah. This is a really hard one. I've kind of looked back and forth at this one. I've looked at their matches and like, I want to lean for Batista just because MMA math like goes yeah when you're kind of questioning pick the younger man, but that kind of doesn't matter in Jiu-Jitsu. Although we've seen two matches from Low recently that were pretty low output, and I don't know. I just don't think Batista is going to allow Low to have as low of an output match as he sort of has been wanting recently we've also seen Leandro getting uh, outstandingly tired at the end of matches recently and I think Gustavo will be able to key on that and kind of be able to pull low into a match that he doesn't want to have as much again at any point in time Leandro could just like be old school vintage Leandro um, and even like again he won the absolute like he wins like he's still absolutely on the top of his game but I just feel like that seeing him get so tired, I feel like Batista's gonna push that and see that as his avenue towards like victory in this match. So yeah, I kinda wanna lean very slightly Batista as well. Um next match we have Roberto Jimenez taking on Azaki Bahens. This is a Nogi match. Um what do you how do you see this going, Josh? Behence. Yeah, I kind of want to lean Bahens as well. I honestly think that we're gonna see some great guard play here from Roberto, but I think Bahens is probably gonna shut that down. Um, and but I feel like like
1: the same pace and and like next level pace of that. And you know, I think he's just gonna push something where Roberto is going to make a mistake, and then he's gonna get leg locked.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of I lean that way as well. I, I feel like it's going to be very, very competitive beginning. I think Roberto will have his moments in the beginning of the match and will kind of—because um, if we see Batista get— uh, sorry, Bahanis get caught, that's when you see him get caught. Right at the beginning of the match, he'll, like, he'll overextend, he'll do something, he won't have the pacing quite as nailed down, and then he will get caught by something. Um, and that's honestly similar when you see Jimenez get caught too, but I feel like Jimenez will come out aggressive early— Get something going, and then Batista will set it under the pace that he wants to be at and go, mm, I'm going to go for you know the area that Jimenez has historically been weakest in, which is the legs, because Bahanis is very much a, by the, not by the numbers, but very much a, I'm going to fight you where you're not strongest guy. And uh, yeah, I kind of see this going to Bahanis as well, probably via um, an outside heel hook. I don't think he'll go inside.
1: I'm not going to guess. I'm just saying Bajanis
0: wins. Next match we have Bia Mosquita versus Tamara Fajeta, uh, rematch. Um, yeah. Bia. Yeah, I want to go Bia as Bia. well. Last one is super close. Honestly, much closer than I thought it was going to be. But I've been burned. She's a crazy person. Yes, yeah, yep. she is. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bia here. It is Nogi, and that's definitely where I give Bia the. Uh, She's good all edge. Of the time. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other matches as well, Josh. we want to talk about those? You move on to the heavyweight GP.
1: Uh, we'll just announce them really quick, and then we'll go into the GP. Also, get um, anything you've heard me call so far, remember that you can bet on this stuff and uh, uh, bet against me because you'll probably win. Uh, there's also Milton Vieira versus uh, Gabriel Rolo, Mario Hayes versus Leon uh, Amancio, and Victor, uh, Vitor Terra versus uh, Percio Broca. Um all of those except for the Mario Hase match are no gi.
0: So moving so- on to the heavyweight GP, we got eight names because so I can't count very well. We got uh, I was say, Leandro Margali because they're next to each other. We had Nicholas Margali. This is in the gi. We have Herbert Santos. We have Felipe Pena. We have Yuri Samos. We have Gutenberg Parada. We have Lucas The Hulk Barbosa. We have Eric Muniz and Luis Panza. Okay, so. Samosa is a non
1: factor in this. Like out of all of these people, yes, he's good in the gi, but
0: he's a non factor. He's he's doing MMA now. Like he's been he's been doing no gi for a long time. He's been injured, and then now he's again, he's what, a month or two less than that off of his MMA fight in one? Um he's also smaller than these guys by a bit, too.
1: I don't know about that. Am I
0: wrong about that?
1: I mean, Samos has been like plus ninety nine kilos. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm, I I always want to put him under ninety nine.
1: And like Panza's a super heavyweight. Yeah,
0: uh, all of them are, and su- most Ali of them are super Pete, heavy.
1: Garth, Pena's like a heavyweight. Uh-huh. Lucas is like a middle heavyweight, heavyweight in those two areas. Muniz is like middle heavy, heavy. It'll be really interesting, like just going through. Muniz is like. I feel like Nunice is the dark horse. Uh, All three of the brothers are very good with, like, lapel guard stuff. So it'll be cool to see that. You've got Panza, known for his footlocks. Pena and Mergali for being, like, these
0: unstoppable forces. Uh, Herbert for being a crybaby. Um, That's the crazy thing. Like, he gives shit to Herbert Santos. But, God, when he... It's historically, especially the last two years, he just hasn't shown up but he has these uh, flashes of brilliance like we saw him in the Kolazon's match BJ Stars and in the Mergali match before he quit that match yeah
1: but you know you're going against Kolazon's who's a middleweight yeah and you're a super heavyweight like oh okay but the dude just like he beats up on people that you're not like super aware of but once you get into like the B and A and even like S tier of competitors he falls apart and I refuse until like he shows me something else. He is henceforth Herbert period. Um, If he runs into like, honestly, if he runs into like Barbosa, Pena or Marigali, he's going to quit the match. Like,
0: yeah, that's, that's,
1: that's exactly what I'm looking at too. He's going to piss himself. He's going to blame it. On, on doing drugs, and 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 his gun tattoo, and he's going to find every excuse. He might start a fight with Pena again, coming full circle from the first BJJ stars. Uh, he might get in another fight after faking an injury. Like honestly, I don't care to see him on anything because of his just like poor attitude with competing. And if something doesn't go the way he wants it to, he's like, whatever. And then, like, he's like, well, if this wouldn't have happened, I would have... It's like, dude, get over yourself. So... You know who's...
0: You know who's not on here? Who? Muhammad Ali. Uh, Do I have the wrong bracket, like a dumbass again?
1: I'm looking... No, I'm looking at the one for... I'm looking at the one from Flow Grappling right now. And that's what
0: I'm looking at, too. And I think that there's another one that has Muhammad Ali in that lineup now. Uh, give me one second. Let me pull it up. And let me stop previewing the wrong event again. In true Grappling Rewind fashion, we have a bracket that is more than three days old. Um, so, okay. I don't know if you uh, I, yeah. I don't see him on the most recent one. I see him on the <laughs> one from January 10th, which was almost a month ago. And it looks like Yuri Samos has replaced him now. Because he's not listed, um, although on the poster.
1: Which poster, though? That's the thing. Yeah, the poster.
0: <laughs> the poster from two days ago. Uh, I do not see him on the poster. I do not see Muhammad yeah. Ali on the poster, um, and I see Yuri Samos in the gi on the poster between Erber Santos, Felipe Pena, and Margali. So yeah, I'm assuming yeah, that I'm to
1: have replaced him because I'm seeing from. What day the sixteenth? He was still on
0: it. Yeah, yeah. So he's so Yuri has now replaced um, Muhammad Ali. Not uh, good with the Portuguese, so, so it's hard to figure out all this it stuff. It is. So Josh, again, I'm always gonna pick Margali here. Like that's just he is my go to whenever there's a tournament because he's just so consistent. He's such a like unrelenting factor. I assume that we're gonna have Pena on the other side of that bracket, and I assume we're gonna get a Pena mergali final, and I'm gonna pick. Margali. Um, I assume we're probably going to see Erberth versus Gutenberg in the first match. Um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see Erberth get past Gutenberg. We'll probably see Panza or Barbosa against Muniz. I do think that we'll probably put Muniz versus Yuri, potentially do Barbosa versus Yuri. And then I feel like that Barbosa will move on. We'll see, uh, I think, Muniz will probably beat Panza I think we'll probably see Muniz versus Barbosa I think that Barbosa will take that over Muniz very very close match but I just think Barbosa's depth of experience there will come in at black belt and then we'll see uh whatever else makes sense from what I've said um, we'll see Penna fight we'll see Penna at the final
1: I concur I and- don't
0: think any of that bracket makes sense how I said it but that's how I could see him going.
1: Yeah. Um, and I just kept looking, and uh, Muhammad got the Rona. That's why he's out.
0: Yeah, that sucks.
1: So, yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, I Marigali is my choice for the whole thing, but it all depends on the bracketing.
0: Yep. Uh, Our favorite thing to do on the Grappling Rewind, which is Guess Without Brackets, because then you look at the bracket, probably going to be released like, mm, let's see, Flo is doing their BJJ, their new, whatever show they're doing now that does news, I'm guessing that streamed about an hour ago since we've been doing the show, and I guess as soon as we finish recording, within 15 minutes, an image of the bracket will be up, and uh, as per usual in true Grappling Rewind fashion. um, Yeah,
1: like that's,
0: I'm not going to be surprised. That's how how we do it, Josh. A tale as old as time. So yeah, that's all I got for it. Um, any other kind of thoughts, Josh? No,
1: you're making me sing,
0: and it's gonna be. I, I nobody nobody cares
1: about you with your long hair. Sorry, it's I'm trying not to get the pop up of, of the video playing immediately. Trying to find to see if the bracket got released while we were talking.
0: Yep. So I haven't seen it. That's all I got, Josh. Uh, you got any outro news? Any fun plans for the week? We're having a snow day right now, but I'm teleworking, so I didn't get the snow day. I'm not that upset because I'm teleworking. I'm having a great time. Um, We haven't got snow in Maryland in like two years.
1: We've had a little bit here and there, but not as much as we have. And that's not saying much because it's like four or five inches and people in Buffalo are like,
0: that's a normal day. That's a normal day when I grew up. I was just like, "It's like, oh, things close here. I'm not too mad. I get to sit with my dog and Rachel and watch the snow and like work on my computer. Probably a pretty good day." So, gonna get some Chinese food here in a minute because it's grits. Ew. Yeah, that'll be pretty good actually. Ew. Yeah, I like sugar grits. I was I was gonna say ew, but I was like, it's actually pretty good.
1: How dare you!
0: And uh, and that's it, Josh. Any fun yeah. plans for the week other than the snow hanging over the kids?
1: Um, use my power wrap to do squats. And squat a lot, nice. and kids try to keep them focused on uh, schoolwork while my 11-year-old is in the background with her headphones in, playing with a phone.
0: Nice. All right, Josh. Well, that's all I got for the week. Uh, as always on the show, I'm your host, Angel, the co-host, Josh, and we are the grappling we want to see on the mats. Whenever that is, stay safe. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show, and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes, and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time, and thank you.